Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley with the biggest stories of the day. It's the Big Three at Three. Number one. All right. Hey, happy uh, MLK Day uh, to everyone out there. Um, as we said to start, to start the show, today was a good day. The last 24 hours, a good day for the Texans. And another thing that occurred that makes that a good day, Clint, is Today was the day. We talked about this Friday, and wow, okay, C.J. Stroud has not made a decision on if he is going to enter the draft or go back to Ohio State for another year. Well, that has uh, that decision has been made today. Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud is entering the NFL draft. The Ohio State junior quarterback C.J. Stroud has declared for the draft, making his announcement on the final day that players can formally declare that they are entering the draft. He is up there with Alabama quarterback Bryce Young, Kentucky quarterback Will Levis as the top quarterbacks. Many people believe he will be a top five pick, and this is huge on a couple levels, Clint, uh, especially for the Texans. Yeah, there, there's several layers here, right? I mean, C.J., this is a, this is a smart thing to do, the right thing to do. I, I think C.J. Stroud could benefit, his game could benefit from playing another year in college, taking the field with the best guys, you know, on the field every time you take the field pretty much. Um, and and really just being able to go back and be very comfortable through competition and working on your game, getting your game better, maturing and developing as a quarterback. I think his game would benefit more from going back to college. But there, the question is, what do you have to gain, right? And and he, can't, he cannot get any higher on the quarterback. Next year, if he were to hang around – Caleb Williams is coming out, so you you'd, you'd be one yeah. or two in, in in somebody's eyes any way it goes, and so um, ultimately, I think it's the right thing for C.J. Stroud Absolutely. to end up doing. And, and and now, when we look at it from a Texans perspective, if the Texans fall in love with C.J. Stroud and he's available and they take him, it, it's best case scenario. If they fall in love with Bryce Young and and somebody else takes C.J. Stroud one or takes one of the defensive guys one, and they have a chance at Bryce Young, win Texans, right? But but with with both of these quarterbacks on the board, only one can go ahead of you. The odds are there's going to be multiple teams fall in love with both of these quarterbacks. And that number two overall pick, if Nick Casario doesn't want to draft a quarterback or doesn't want to use that particular pick, if he chooses to trade down and accumulate more draft capital, then that number two overall pick just just became uh, more valuable than it would have been had he went back to school. And so, I look, I, I think it's a good day for the number two overall pick, whether yeah. you like the player, whether you like somebody else, or you want to trade down. I, I think for the number two overall pick, this was a good thing. It was, it was, it was going to be difficult and tough. Was it? Nothing was going to be good for the Texans if this was just a one quarterback at the very top. Draft. And, and maybe Will Levis will climb up and they'll both be top five, uh, and we'll see. But I feel like there is a separation between Bryce and C.J. Stroud to Will Levis, and now it's one-two right here. And maybe you might have them graded very, very closely, right? We've seen it before where, hey, man, we got these two players graded the same. If we get one of them, great. They're different players, uh, but we'll see. Um, and whoever it is that's going to be in charge of the offense uh, – whether that be the head coach or a defensive-minded head coach that has an offensive guy, you would think they're going to be involved in the process uh, of working with this player. And 
like I said, man, you could. This gives you a great chance to have a guy that is a legit top five pick as your future quarterback if you want to. Uh, if he wasn't there, you're hoping that Will Levis potentially is if you draft him, but it may be a push. I think C.J. Stroud all year long has been thought of as a top three, top five pick, uh, and then his latest game showed a lot that I think jumps him up here even more. So I, 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 this is this was this was huge to me for the. Yep, I, I agree. Yeah, this was huge. Big three and three, number two. All right, the playoffs uh, started this past weekend, and man, there was some interesting games in the AFC. Right, we know Saturday night what happened with with the Chargers and the Jags blowing that lead, but I think a lot of people feel like this may be Buffalo or this may be the Bengals' year. Like, those two teams, I think a lot of people feel like one of those teams are going to get through uh, through the AFC and, and, and get to the Super Bowl. They both seem to have weird games against teams that I know the Lions thought they were going to blow them out, and I think most people thought these games were going to be close because the Dolphins hung in with the Bills and lost 34-31 and had the ball at the end, driving to tie or take the lead. With their third-string quarterback, the Bengals, uh, they were down to the Ravens and really just had to have a miracle occur with Sam Hubbard and a 98-yard touchdown return. Uh, and, and then still the Ravens had the ball, you know, inside the 30 with a chance to tie the game. And I, hell, I, and if I know John Harbaugh, I think he'd have gone for two and tried to and tried <laughs> to win that game. He's done yeah. it multiple times. Which team, which team kind of makes you a little bit nervous that you watched over the weekend in the AFC, Buffalo or Cincinnati? Well, look, I think anytime you look at at what's going on in the AFC, if this is tough for me because Josh Allen is so special, but he is struggling. So I look at it as you got two great offenses, potentially great offenses. They have another another three turnovers. I think yeah, did. Josh Allen is is his turnovers are a problem. Now I'm not one that's going to go well. His turnovers are a problem and start comparing him to guys that ain't never won playoff games and all that jive. I mean, they're they're winning because of him, um, even after turning the football over. And 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 his aggressiveness gives is one thing that that strikes so much fear into an opponent. But I'm gonna tell you, man, as I was watching these two games unfold. And I think, I think all the way around for me, man, for some reason, I believe in Cincinnati more. Oh, I do too. Like, I, I just believe in what – I believe in what Joe Burrow is doing offensively. And, and again, if, if you know where I'm at, so, like, like I, it is very, very hard for me to bet on, like, the the crazy arm, the crazy, the crazy at, athletic ability because it's not – you can't – you can't game plan it. Like you can't, you can't call that play. Like you, some of these throws that Josh Allen makes over the top that he that he just flick of the wrist throws sixty yards. Yeah, one of them got picked off yesterday. But but it's but but I mean they're just it, it's unfair. And and but but it, it, you can't script it. So I just have a hard time betting on it. When I watch Joe Burrow, I'm like this dude right here. In terms of playing the game by the rules and playing the game technically and mechanically sound, he's the best in the game right now. You got you have Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes that are just freaks, freak. I mean, just freaks of nature that go, and they're going to be hard to beat. But I, for whatever reason, when I watch, when I watch uh, Cincinnati, I just believe that they're controlling the tempo of the game and they're controlling what the hell's going on. Yeah, it's weird, man. Uh, listen, if somebody's pulling to the Chiefs. The Bengals are a team that scares 
the hell out. Yeah. I don't like that matchup for the Chiefs at all. And and hell, they haven't beat them. They haven't beat them. They played the they played the Bengals three times in 2022, and lost all three times to them. Two in Cincinnati, one in Kansas, one in Kansas City. And I don't I don't know what's going on with Buffalo. Like I like that that game yesterday was shocking to me. Was shocking to me because Miami played stupid at times. I mean, just I mean, I don't know what. Mike McDaniel, I mean, they could not get a play in all game long. I mean, that means six to seven. So if if Teddy's if Teddy's healthy, Miami wins. They couldn't get if nothing. If they don't drop if they don't drop four balls in the first half, Miami they wins. They drop four balls and then they take they take over the game when they force the fumble, they get the touchdown, they're backed up on their inside their ten, and it's like, hey, all right, man. Like, Buffalo has not solved this defense. Like, they were struggling. Make them go the yep. full length of the field. And then, for some reason, they dropped this kid back to throw a go route to Sherfield. Not not Waddle, <laughs> not Hill. Right. Sherfield. He comes up short, throws a pick, and that changed the entire game. Like they, and then they still had chances. I mean, they probably either had to call a timeout or got – Flagged for delay a game five, six times yeah. in, the, in, in, in the second half. And most of them in the fourth quarter, multiple yeah. times on the final draft, drive. Like I and, and that, so they didn't even play well. And that shot, I thought Buffalo with the emotion, with DeMar Hamlin and everything happening and how good they just are. Yeah. I thought they were going to blow them away. They had the Shakir kid, number 10, who caught 10 balls all season. I mean, he was playing his tail off. And they struggled against that Dolphins team. They didn't have Moster. They didn't. That, that was that was weird. Right? Like to me, the Cincinnati Baltimore thing. Like Cincinnati Baltimore's really well coached. They got a lot of pride over there in that defense and a lot of stars on that defense. And they just can make a game. Ugly. Yeah. That that's and and, and and Tyler Huntley is close. And, and, and you don't have to change your complete offense around with Tyler Huntley. So I can see why that was close. The, the Bills, man, I. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, I, don't yeah know I just I just don't have any I don't have any faith in them. Could they win a shootout? Sure. Can is it going to be? Could could Josh Allen go out there and just wheel that team by making enough plays to a Super Bowl? Absolutely. But is it something I want to I want to bet on? Nah, man. And they I don't have Cole Beasley come through for them yeah, yesterday. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I I, I don't. Uh, I mean, I I think the story of that ball game. The Miami Miami uh, Buffalo game this weekend was more about Mike McDaniel. Look, I know there were spots of, of clock management issues, and man, he's dealing with a third string quarterback. Man, um, not only that, but a rookie third string quarterback. And, and, and it's when you get in there and you're dealing with Buffalo, you're dealing with multiple looks. You're dealing. I mean, it, it's just it, it was. It, I think it got overwhelming. Maybe even for both of them, being a first time head coach and being a third string rookie quarterback. Uh, you know, for the first time. I mean, that, that's that's a. You think at, it would have got you like that? Yes. Oh, you do? Well, would, would there have been moments in, in the game? Yeah, absolutely. Because there's moments where you just, hey, man, I'm, I'm not seeing the defense clear. Well, hell, just eat it. Eat, eat the delay of game and let's move <laughs> on. Don't snap the damn thing and throw the ball up for grabs. Yeah, I, I think Like your think first, start, first start, you had those moments. Well, we, we, yeah, I mean, there were moments, not necessarily delay moments, but there's definitely moments where, where you go, boy, I probably should have t- called a timeout or ate that, damn, ate that damn delay of game and went to the sideline and talked to the coach about it versus snap the football. So, yeah, man, I mean, I, look, there's – it doesn't. I think that stuff's kind of blown out of proportion. I, I think it's more admirable that they were able to go out there and and throw up 31 points and be really have a chance to win the ball game. As you said before, too, 
So, like in big games, like your dudes have to have to go out there and make. I don't can't remember the phrase phrasing you use, but like your your big time players got to go out there and make plays. And if you if you watch that ball game start to finish, I didn't catch all of the second half, but really start to finish. I mean, Waddle and Tyreek Hill had monster drops in the first half. I mean, they just couldn't. They just couldn't one get that one big play yeah, right off the bat. Waddle had that drop right yeah. there. Yeah, set him up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw the highlights. Waddle had two. Tyreek Hill had one. The running back had one on, a, on that would have been a 10, 12 yard gain run after the catch. It was. Um, it, it, I think it was impressive what Miami was able to do more so than than Buffalo. Big three and three, number three. All right, the big one tonight. The big one tonight. The Cowboys and the. Uh, and the Tampa Bay Bucks. Brady, I mean, ratings-wise, the NFL, boy, this is this is a dream for them. The Cowboys and Tom Brady coming together tonight. There it was. Glory hole. That's right, Jerry. Tonight on ESPN in Tampa, um, the Cowboys ain't going to lose this game, right? I mean, the Cowboys, they, I mean, they are clearly the best. They're going to lose this game. Really? Tom Brady's about to remind everybody who he is. I don't think he needs to remind anybody who he is. I th- oh, given some of the things I've heard this year? <laughs> oh, and, get, I mean, no, and the, the way he can flip that kind of thing in his own oh, mind? Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. The, the fairer things that have been said about Tom. I just I want to know if Tom's right and left guard are going to remind everybody who he is. If Tom's center is going to remind everybody who he is. Because <laughs> That's what you're saying. And, and I want to see if Tom's left tackle, who has critical holding penalties seemingly every game I've watched of the Bucks. I want to see if they are going to if they're going to be able to hold things down. I bet that psycho has a picture of Giselle posted up in his locker, just well, staring at it before no, this the, game. The G- Giselle's new boyfriend. Is yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, here's the deal. You know, you know, Ryan Jansen's back. That's that's fine. I hope he's healthy. He's back. He's back, and he, and he's going to play. He, he tore his knee up in uh, early in training camp. Somehow he's back healthy, and is he starting tonight? Show. We'll see. That that would be that would be a huge. That's a huge. Oh, that'd be a huge upgrade. When you talk about like, there's not beyond him. There's not a whole lot you can do in terms of talent at this point in time. But you can damn sure uh, communicate things a little bit more clearly. um, Have a a calming presence on your offensive line. I don't know how calming Ryan Jensen is, but but nonetheless, (laughs) he's definitely an up a major upgrade. No, he's calming to Tom. He's calming to Tom. Uh, It makes him feel more comfortable. Right. No. No question about it. Now the. you know, I, I think the the Cowboys got got some guys up front back on both sides of the football as well, and and so they appear to be a, a lot more healthy uh, going into this ball game than they were the last ball game of the season too. But I'm I'm with you, man. I'm with T on this one. Really? Um, look, I, I mean, I, I I'm a Cowboy fan. I mean, I I, I got a couple uh, paychecks and, and a jersey on the wall uh, with that star on it. I, I'm a fan. I'd like to see them do well, but I'm just being completely honest with you. I don't I don't trust them. Why? What, so um, what's the number one? Re- like, what's the number one thing? Because well, I, I because like they, well, here's the deal that there was a time there was a time when about six weeks ago where it was a the only concern is can Kellen Moore can he commit to the run the way he needs to and not just be one of these balls to the wall from Jump Street on his play calling, um, and I thought that that was really okay. One, I thought he had that under control. I thought that the, the narrative around the team was okay. They're 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 not as risky as they once were, and. They're running the football well. They're getting Pollard involved the way they need to. They're overcoming the what the 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 uh, Amari Cooper being let go. They're overcoming that with CD Lamb being a focal point. Um, they're doing Dax Dax playing not great but decent. And then it's like the wheels just come off, man. Now now it's now it's can, that's still a question. Can Kellen do that? 
Can Dak not turn the football over? Defensively, are they anywhere near as good as what we thought they were 12 games into the season? They were considered one of the top defenses. Are, are they still that team? And then you got to look at the discipline issues that they've had over the past, where penalties have been a major problem. Are, are those are those going to rear their ugly head tonight? I, I just think there's so many what ifs with with the Cowboys. I just can't trust them. Mike's got to step in with Keller. Dak should not throw the ball 30 times. He shouldn't throw the ball 30 times. He should make them defend the run. He should be. I heard something great that I think should fit with Dallas is what uh, is what the Giants uh, said about what they want Daniel Jones. We want Daniel Jones to be a play action quarterback today, and not a and not a quarterback who is leading throwing the football. Dak should be a play action quarterback tonight. Throw the ball if he throws the ball like 23, 27 times. I think they win, and they have the, they have the better talent, and they should. And, and, and Tampa doesn't run the football well at all, and they're going to drop back 40 times. And with that pass rush and that offensive line, Dallas should be able to win this game. I agree. You don't think they will. Just don't think it's going to happen. All right, the story of the weekend, I hope the Houston Texans were watching closely because this needs to be their future. That's coming up next. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. I'm excited today, damn it. What got you on, man? I'm telling you, man. I, listen, I I really, really, I really want the Texans to do well. Yeah, I mean, it's just be nice. I'd like to cover games that matter. Like, a lot of, I'd like to be talking about the playoffs right now. Mm-hmm. Never thought I'd be jealous of Jacksonville. But I'd like to be talking about the playoffs right now. I do. I want to cover a team. Uh, playoffs. It's just not embarrassing where we come in and we just, I mean, we just, uh, we get to talk about real good stuff. And this stuff with Sean Payton, whether whether it goes nowhere or not, this stuff with Sean Payton, I think, is just showing everything to everybody. Like, all right, maybe the Texans aren't a joke at the very least, which they have. I believe that is how they are looked at right now. Uh, you know what I like about it, show is. Tell me, it, it, well, I mean, I mean, obviously, I'm with you. I want the Texans to go through this process competently, and 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 really, at the end of of the the interview process, we can all feel like at least they got there, you know, in a competent manner. I, and, and I want to cover a team that's winning. I, I mean, again, hard times in bubble gum, and I just chewed my last damn piece. I, I'm 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 over this this. Uh, what we've had to do the last three years, if I'm being completely honest. But th- this is this is proof that, like, what we've said all along with the Texans is true. And, and, and what I mean by that is if you just interview, if you just request an interview with the top coaching, the top head coach candidates in America, in the NFL, then – it's it's a it's not only positive and and shows that you're competently navigating the process, but you get great press. Now you got a guy because you requested to interview, which by the way you didn't do this last year. You, you didn't request to interview the best coaches out there. You're playing some silly ass games, Two years right? In a row. And and they're, oh, it doesn't matter. Oh, the, the trust is trust that. No, no, no. It does matter. Right now, think about that. Right now, the Texans have Sean Payton, the number one head coach candidate, a Super Bowl winning coach, a guy that is paid 
handsomely by network to talk football on a daily basis. They have him going to bat for them to absolutely I would consider the Texans. And here's why. I, 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 I know ownership. I've been around them. I, I know Nick. I've been around him. They got they got unbelievable draft capital on, on a national show. They like, got a like, winning, winning, like, winnable division. Yes. Yeah, like Colin Coward. You've got a guy like Sean Payton out there talking about how great your situation is in Houston and why he would absolutely take it serious. I listen to radio in a bunch of different cities every day. The thought is that Cal McNair is a raging idiot. That's, I mean, that's what the thought is around the league. And Sean Payton, a Super Bowl winning quarterback that's been a part of a pretty good yeah. organization while he was there, has yeah. come out and vouched. Yeah. For Cal yeah. McNair. Absolutely. Come out and vouched. People don't think Nick Casario knows what he's doing. Come out. Oh, I know Nick. Come out and vouched for the situation. That's a win. Like, I just see some here on the uh, trailer wheel and frame text line from the 713. Can't y'all see that Peyton is using the Texans as leverage? It's fine. As as so are the other coaches. Yeah, I mean. So are, if, if that's the case, so are all the other coaches. Man. I mean, how, how much leverage does he need to use? Right, like, right. Like, he can go wherever the hell he wants to go to. But just with, with that over. mindset, so so is Gannon. I mean, he's, get, so he's is, getting interviewed. So is Steichen. So is D'Amico so Ryan. They all are. I mean, that, that that's, that's the nature of the beast. I mean, the reality of it is. Again, as a fan base, we don't have any control over who does or doesn't want to interview with the Houston Texans at this point in time, right? I mean, all you can ask the Texans to do is to reach out and be associated with the biggest names in the game. And when you do that, the narrative changes. Not only do you dodge a bullet, like if think about it right now. If the Texans weren't, like right now, if Sean Payton was not on this list, they would have seven guys that have never been a head coach. And the only storyline would be would somebody with no head coach with no head coach experience, would they really go down to Houston to start their coaching career? Do would they trust ownership? Do they but instead you've got the most veteran, the 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 most really, I mean, again, he's not only has the pelts on the wall from a coaching perspective, there's a network out there paying him a boatload of money to talk about it every single day. And now you have that guy out there, like, talking about how good your situation is. I mean, that, that that this is exactly why I hate the stick your head in the sand, trust the process, and I, no, just just go out there and and, and let let's navigate this thing competently, and good things happen, right? There, there's value in not there's value in going through this process and not doing things that you know people are going to drag you through the mud because of nationally and, and really, really overall. There's no reason to not request an interview for a guy. If you know if you don't, you're going to be drug over the coals nationally and locally. There's no reason not to. It, it just, like, this is a perfect example of just doing things in a winning way. There hasn't been a better head coaching candidate that's been available. Like Sean Payton, the, the, I would think Andy Reid is probably the last one that's as, that was as good as him. That's been available. Like we, I mean, Sean McVay has turned out to be great. Kyle Shanahan has turned out to be great. But when they were candidates, like they weren't guys that have yeah. that have done it, have turned around programs. Like this is Sean Payton is not generally somebody that's available. Yeah, <laughs> and he's coming out and he is talking up your organization. And to me, I'm like, listen, I I ain't gonna lie to you. I get a little excited. Yeah, I am. I, I feel like maybe. This this is this is a little bit more of a chance than I thought it would be, but 
even more to that is, and this this is one of the first times the Texans had just looked. <laughs> Look at them. Look at them. No, he brings like real. Mm, really? Okay. Look, well, maybe I need to be thinking that. Maybe I be, I need to be looking at that a little bit closer. So, I mean, you're right, man. It's just the, the entire process is, is is rolling, and you can see it working. And I, I, I will I will say this right now. I'm going to give credit to Cal McNair. And, and, and Cal and Hannah McNair, you've said this. It's been more important. You've, you've been on this a minute, Clinton. I'll give you credit for this. It wasn't hard for me to do that either. Give typically, you credit. It typically is, but go it ahead. It was not hard. Is like you've been saying this thing to hell with Nick. This thing is more about Kyle at the top to convince people that this isn't some sort of Mickey Mouse organization that's being run. And to a to a point where, like Sean Payton, the way he's talking is he is not even concerned really about Nick Casario because a guy like Nick Casario, I'm with the owner. Aren't they, uh, the owner is who I'm, I'm dealing with, and well, I, I, I'm telling you, that's that's big. You're right on that, and 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 it seems like Cal McNair taking a much stronger hand in this has changed the entire process and changed yep. how the, how they're viewed in the craziest way. Yeah, I I just love the way that it, even in like in that little in that little uni meeting that we had with them the other day uh, last Thursday. I, look, I mean. Uh, the pizza was suspect, by the way, Omar. But but um, you know, I they, they used the word transparency. That was unnecessary. What? That this was unnecessary. What was? That the pizza was suspect, Omar. No. It was unnecessary. I, I won't be you so. You said I, your piece Friday. I won't Just be so, let it go. I won't be so critical of pizza. Can we get what kind was it? Was it like what? Oh, they, they had multiple. There were some kinds. options. They had what multiple were the, kinds. What were some of the options? What did you? They had multiple time, kind. But, what did you but, have? Me, me and Tyler showed up on time, and. Most of it was gone. It was cold, and, and it oh, was. Oh, it wasn't on heaters. It was cold. No, it was just in boxes thrown on the table, chief. Yeah. So I mean, I, here's the deal. I mean, appreciate the invite, but I, I mean, there's there's no budget over there. We're on the McNair money. I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> I didn't know it was cold and in boxes. I really didn't. I, I thought it was. I didn't. I thought it was maybe. I thought they was. You was walking around in some sort of a buffet style with plates, and they were handed. There were probably two or three cheese. They didn't even have somebody serving. There there was a. Oh no, no, it was just it was on the the table when you walked in. Oh my! There was uh, there was a couple of boxes of. It may have been margarita pizza, but I've never seen the tomato. The the tomatoes were whole, like not whole, but I mean the sliced. They weren't. They weren't really like usually you get a margarita pizza. They're melted into the cheese kind of deal. They were, some they of were, them would just put it right on. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. So that was the deal. And then I, I, wow. I don't even know what kind I had. I think yeah, that's it, how disgusted you were. You well, I just could. I didn't. It, it wasn't written on the box what I was eating. I, it was. I don't know what it was. Had some kind of meat on it, but I'm not real sure what exactly it was. What else was on there? Like if you're going in to get pizza, like what's your perfect combination? I'm gonna tell you, Chief. I've never been a big pizza guy. Not that I, I love pizza, but one gives me unbelievable gas, and I'm already a gaseous person. So pizza gives me uncomfortable gas, number one. Number two, as I'm eating pizza, it's hard for me to just sit down and smash pizza because of how unhealthy it makes me feel. Really? Yes. So with all that said, with that said, I am big on mod pizza right now. Mod is really good. Phenomenal. Mod is great. Just building one close to the spot here. Just close to the house. I'm a fan, Chief. Really good stuff. I'm a fan. Good salads, too. 
But the thin crust pizza, you can I get love the a three, good thin crust. I'm much more into the thin crust. It's a thin crust, and they they do they kind of have their own their own. You can get the typical, you know, your pepperoni with some jalapenos thrown on. That's what I like. But you but they have their own like signatures that are pretty. You go ahead and try the signatures. My wife does. She's barbecue chicken. The bar- barbecue chicken, I think, is what it will. Some kind of something with some not barbecue bad. chicken on. That's bad. Not bad. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right, uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Sean gas, Payton, that's though, the big man. news. Yeah, that gas. It, yeah. Ooh, pizza gas? I'm glad oh, I'm glad my. you let us know that. We don't do it's, a lot of It's painful. We don't do the a lot of painful pizza gas. Yes, yes, the worst. All right, um, mm. coming up, listen. Tough, tough the, on the wife. Tough listen, on the wife. I, I got to play some audio for you. Just uh, emotional. I mean, so emotional. This is the fan. Like, I want to hear calls like this. I miss this. I want to hear calls and people to get back to this place. We'll discuss that next. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. My man's dog. I, 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 I've been holding out. Yeah, there it is. My man Pedro, man. You've been holding through for a minute, man. Pedro, we've been talking a lot about the Sean uh, Payton situation and the coaching search. That's going to be the big story here in Houston. Pedro, man, let me hear you. I appreciate you jumping on with this. What's, uh, what, what's on your mind, Pedro? What's going on, gentlemen? Thank you for taking my call. So I've had a week kind of just not listening to the radio or uh, I'm sorry about that, but, you know, I got to go to work and all that good stuff. But as a fan, this is about as clean of a slate we're going to get. I mean, credit to Cal McNair that he, he's cutting the checks. I believe he's totally still on the payroll. Lovey's going to be on the payroll and there's going to be another third head coach on the payroll. But, you know, that's a great sign. We got draft capital. It seems like they're going after bona fide head coaches. Man, it, it, I mean, it can only go up from here. I'm excited, and I, I, I just want to hear your take on uh, all the talk uh, about the head coaches. Awesome stuff, gentlemen. I appreciate you. Appreciate you, Pedro. Thank you for holding through. Uh, you know, Clint, you, like, you said that. You said, you know, at least the slate is completely potentially clean. I, look, I, I, I just think there's, I think there's, a, there's a lot of head coaches out there. Um, just like when it, when this situation was awful, was just I mean dysfunctional, was just terrible. That there I, I was I was firm, and there's there it's going to take a a um, one of very very few coaches are going to be interested in this job, and and that was the case the last two years. I, I just think this year there's going to be a, a good a good amount of of head coach candidates that look at this thing and go I get to I get to pick my own guys ultimately whether it's draft or or uh, using the cap space. I get to pick my own quarterback again, whether it's draft or cap space. And, and I think one thing that we don't talk about enough is when you walk in that building over there, there, there's not you're not walking into a building where it's a bunch of Brian Flores guys, like dudes that hated to see him go and just, you know, he had changed their lives and changed their career, and they were bought completely in on Brian Flores. There, There's not – there's not guys that that you know were were hell bent on Joe Judge like like up in in Miami for whatever I mean for in New York for whatever reason, um you're, you're just you know Staley gets fired in 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 L A. There's gonna be half that locker room that that doesn't didn't want to see him go and and you know his his sayings on his wall his his pillars of his of his organization or or, or however you want to couch it are still fresh on their mind. Man, this is one over here. There ain't no there ain't no sayings on the wall. There ain't no, there ain't been no, no, no pillars of a rebuild, and and a coach has come in there and said, hey, these are the the five things that we're gonna live by and how we're gonna build this thing. I mean, I know that. You think they took 
show up and show out off the walls. Uh, yeah, I don't think show up and show out ain't ain't, ain't really going to stick. I'm going to be honest with you, man. Heart Hustle, H-Town, that's great for an ad campaign and for the fans. I don't know that the, the, the players really give a rip about that. I mean, I, I, I just, there, there's just, I'm just telling you, man. Show up and show out. Show up and show out. Yeah, there's going to be a little bit. I mean, that's, that's great for the fans and, and great for. I know, think it's over. I we will yeah, see I, I mean, it's just, and there's a lot of coaches that I believe could, could you don't have to battle half the locker room, you know, hating that the guy was let go or half the locker room, you know, being in Brandon Cook's corner. And, you know, you, you don't have to worry about that. Like, this is. This is as clean a slate and I think as beautiful a situation as you could possibly find. Um, by the way, a Nick Casario that appears to be a lot less like his 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 mentor, Bill Belichick, right now than he probably was two years ago. Uh, a front office that's had enough of the silly stuff. Well, he, he's got he's got a smaller bark. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 not quite what it once was. I don't think. So yeah, I I just think there is. I don't think I don't think we're putting enough value. Just as a whole, I mean, like nationally, as you look at the Texans, at the Texans organization and and the Texans head coach opportunity vacancy, I don't think there's enough being said about you walk in and you literally are gonna you're gonna have the command and the commitment and the the, the respect of the locker room immediately, not because you're great, but because really these guys are looking for a leader. These guys they're not stuck in in Lovey's camp. They're not stuck in David Culley's camp. They're not stuck in Bill O'Brien's camp. It's it's wide open, man. I think that's valuable for head coaches. All right. Uh, so uh, yeah, appreciate the call, Pedro. And yeah, man. That, that, hopefully that is a pro uh, that that people are looking at. All right, uh, Clint. Listen, I, I just Texans fans. I, I, anybody listen? I just want you to listen to this cut. When is the last time you've had this emotion? Like I could see Tyler losing his mind. In fact, I believe I have seen Tyler lose his mind like this. When is the last time, as a as a football fan, you've you've cared this much about a game? Greg Giannotti, morning host for WFAN, the fan in New York. He is a huge Vikings fan, and if you watched that game yesterday, his quarterback threw a uh, an, an eight yard pass. I think it was a three yard a pass three-yard on a fourth pass and eight. Fourth and eight to yeah, end the ball a, game. To end the ball. And by the way, in, in rhythm. In rhythm. Yeah, I mean, he good. didn't even try to go through the ball in the field. Dexter Lawrence was on him, but good guy, man. Justin Jefferson, it took him 12 minutes to walk off mm, the field after mm, that. Mm. But just to listen to how emotional he is. Don't you miss this? I know it's I know, I know, know it's bad, and then I know he's got to be hurt. But don't you miss caring about a game this much? This is him today, this morning. This is like 5-something in the morning. This is him. Just He's just had enough. The defensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings, this dusty-ass balloon head, Ed Donatel, hasn't made a single damn adjustment the entire season. Every damn week, it's the same crap with his guys running wide open in the middle of the field. I haven't seen guys that wide open since the freaking the, the greatest show on turf. In 1999, and they don't do anything about it. And the game should have been over before that when Darius Slayton ended up dropping the ball because he would have gone for a first down at that point if he didn't drop it. And the game would have been over at that point. The Vikings should have never even gotten the ball back. How in the world, with your season on the line, do you have a guy that wide open in the middle of the field? Send some people, switch to man coverage, blitz, do something. 
letting Daniel Jones run around the whole freaking time. It's just unbelievable. I'm getting rid of this thing now. Okay. Oh, my God. My question is, what did he get rid of? You think? I don't, yeah, I don't, it had to be a Vikings around, helmet something, or something. Something, huh? something around his neck. Something, 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 something stopped him. <laughs> something slowing him down. Maybe he had a hat on or something. He just told. Yeah, him. I'm guessing like a Vikings hat or when's something. No, when's the last time you felt? I know Clint. You don't like. It's hard for you to get there. The closest we got is your blood boiling after after Lovey punted, or uh, or or whatever he did. Yeah, he punted or uh, in, in game one against the Colts. That's a rookie mistake. But when is it like? When's the last time? When's the last time you got near Tyler? Was it? I mean, a tech that, that, mm, that a Texans with game, the Texans that a Texans. I know you're there every week with with a and well, almost every week with a and M. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, is it Kansas City? Is that the last time? Yeah, probably that level of fired up and just yeah, probably the the twenty four zero lead getting blown. Yeah. Trailer will and frame text line. When is the last time you cared? And I went crazy like that. Then I sat in silence for about three hours. So. That that's probably the the most passionate <laughs> I've been in, in a while with the Texans. Megan just let you go. She left the room. She said she knew I needed some space. <laughs> yeah, I just sat in the living I room staring blank at the wall. Oh my god! I mean, you could tell that as he was going, he it just kept having plays and moments pop into his head that just sent him, just sent him right, over yeah, the yeah. edge, just sent him over the edge. You got to be. I just, I just want to, I just want, even in bad moments, I just want the Texans fans to have a moment where they could even give a rip and care that much. That feels like the last three years, many people just, just yeah, by, it's, the, by it's, the second and third I'm quarter, tell you, just going on about their days. It's it's hard to it's hard to care that much when expectations are so low. Like I like I, I think what the Texans have taught have taught like me. I I, I just. I've learned how to somewhat control my 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 emotions and and outbursts, which mine are nowhere near that, even when I do. But for just stupid, just stupid football. I mean, just piss poor. <laughs> oh, like like you can't explain why you would do that. Like like that's like the Bill O'Brien days of not having a play ready. You're an offensive minded head coach, man. You you got you got multiple years as a play caller, and you don't have a play call ready. Punting on fourth down. Um, to 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 save a tie instead of going for it on fourth and three, um, I mean I mean stuff like that is what I I would with the expectation so low it's really hard to to even fathom being disappointed in a in a for a, a defensive coordinator not making adjustments throughout a game. Couple are coming in two eight one being extremely hyped about the playoffs and then Niall Davis ran a kick return right back. <laughs> oh, oh hog right there! I remember that boy took that back. Somebody's, I was at that game. Where are you? Mm-hmm. I was covering it. I had to, uh, I had to do post game for. Yeah, and RG was bumping, man. And then uh, shortly after, was very quiet. Yeah, it was. Brian Hoyer got away from you in that game. Someone texted in when the Texans won versus Indy and lost the number one pick. This is how, that's how pissed I was. But I was pissed great. when he went that for was, two, but that's uh, a different level. Not there, man. Yeah. This one here. This I don't know. Is, that's 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 a that's a level of dumb now. It was. It was. I mean, that, I, and, this and this is just, coming from a guy that I I I I don't. I'm not one to the whole tanking thing. I'm not one to lose on purpose. But boy, that that was a that was a show of aggressiveness that we just hadn't seen. I mean, you look at that game as a whole. The 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 vertical. It, like looking back on it, they had to tell Lovey he was getting fired before he before that game. Oh, you're. <laughs> It's just had to take him off the field. Man, we didn't see we didn't see a, a game plan like that from Pep Hamilton all year long. 
Like, why do you wait until the 18th week of the season to line Brandon Cooks up in the backfield <laughs> and attack vertically in the seam in the red zone? Like, what's, like where does that been? I mean, the vertical pass game. They had it, the, they had the, it up their sleeve just uh, waiting for yeah, the right moment. I, I mean, all of it, bro. Like, and then and then all of a sudden, now you want to go for two to win a game in regulation instead of kicking. And I'm not, you could have lost it in, in overtime as well, or you could have won it in overtime as well. I'm just saying you pick that moment to all of a sudden be aggressive and 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 go for two to win the ball game like it's just it's hard to ignore that that yeah oddity. someone just texted in yeah completing that two point conversion versus the Colts and losing our number one pick got me there it's just yeah, for me in that game it was the plays like you're saying like two point conversion now 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 for some reason this week we're hunting down Jordan Akins got you're hunting down guys that should be that should be uh that should be on the inactive list, if we're being completely Jordan honest. Jordan There we go. Here we go. And then, and then Landry goes out there. Landry Locker goes out there and pours salt in the wound, if you will. He, he finds audio of, of Sean Payton just point blank talking about Lovey Smith benching players at, at halftime <laughs> because he knew he was going to get uh, Jameis Winston as the first pick the next year. Um, I mean, so obviously. He's done it before. Lovey's, he's not above it, right? I mean, so, yeah, to, to think that that's. Oh man, yeah that that kind of stuff runs me hot. But I like in order to lose it, like that guy lost it. Show I would need to have like like championship. Expectations. Has Arkansas ever gotten you there? In pure hmm. anger? No, I don't. Not that I recall. I mean, I've been mad at play like the Ohio State Arkansas game, the BCS game that Ryan Mallett took prior, him to, yeah. where he met like Ryan threw a pick, and there was a couple of different plays where. Like, I was hurt, and, like, I wish we would but I wasn't, like, just irate at not making not making adjustments. Yeah, I, I, no, I've never been there. Yeah, I've been there. I've had a couple of rants. I, I don't doubt it one bit. Where where do you think your rant, where did they stem from? Mm, I've had a couple. Um, Chiefs had a game against Peyton Manning where he didn't, they didn't allow, they didn't punt. They, uh, and they lost by, like, seven and, and didn't punt. It just scored every possession. The only time they didn't score is when they took a D at the end of the half in the game. And I just, I've, I've just absolutely snapped. Kansas has sent me there on multiple <laughs> occasions. Kansas blew a uh, an eleven point lead in the Sweet Sixteen in in North Dallas with three minutes left. Just really sent me over the edge. Sent me over the edge. I just want to see that emotion back. I really do. I want to see that emotion back. For people, what you got coming up at four, Clint? Well, Sean Payton, one of the one of the head coaches uh, on on the Texans head coach interview list. There's eight of them, and one of them, Sean Payton, he's the only veteran one, the only one that's ever been a head coach. A lot of folks believe that it's a long shot. A lot of folks believe it'll never happen. Well, Sean, um, he's got there's he went on Colin Cowherd and he answered a lot of those questions. I think Houston, you're going to love what you hear. I'm going to break that audio down. I got four pieces of audio that speak directly to. Uh, the Houston Texans head coach vacancy from what I believe is the best head coach candidate available in the entire NFL. I'll bring you all that audio, and we will discuss. We'll do that next.